The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. I think my parents hate me. This is how a student, who we'll call Earl, recently started a conversation with his teacher, Cornelius Minor, after class one day. I'm Brad from Heinemann, and on today's podcast, we're talking about advocating for our students with Cornelius Minor. Mr. Minor is a frequent keynote speaker and lead staff developer at Teachers College Reading and Writing Project in New York, where he works with teachers, school leaders, and leaders of community-based organizations to support literacy reform in schools. In his work, Cornelius draws not only on his years teaching middle school in the Bronx and Brooklyn, but also on time spent skateboarding, shooting hoops, and working with kids. He's also currently writing his first book for Heinemann. Cornelius says it best, we may not have the answers for every situation we face, but we can't choose to do nothing. So what did Cornelius do? And how did he advocate for Earl and all of his students? And that's such a huge question, Brad. Like when I think about advocacy, that word just sounds intimidating. You know, like I'm a seventh grade English teacher. You know, I deal in the realm of like verbs and gerunds and participles, like that's my realm. And so when you throw out words like advocacy, you know, like for me, like, you know, what comes to mind is that Morgan Freeman movies lean on me. Everybody wants to be Morgan Freeman, but that guy got skills. Like I don't got skills like that. Like, and so like, how do I like with my regular everyday nerdy self, like stand up for kids in a big way. And so I've really been trying to think about like, yeah, how do I do that? You know, and, um, you know, and when I think about Earl and I think about like the struggle that he's having with his parents right now, like, um, I don't have answers, you know? And, and I think a lot of times we ask ourselves like, what should I do? And when we don't know, we choose to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm just at a point in my career now, even though I'm wildly imperfect, at standing up for kids. And even though my advocacy game is in its infancy, like doing nothing can't be an option for me anymore. And in you know? this case, it could be dangerous. And it, and it could have been dangerous. Yeah. You know, one of the things that happened with Earl um, and, you know, in New York City, we're mandated first reporters. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that has to, you know, where I, I teach in Brooklyn and, and, and so anytime I sense that a kid is in danger or anytime that I hear that a kid is in danger, um, it is my job per state of New York to, to call it in and alert a guidance counselor. Actually, he just told me, you know, and I, know him like I know all the other kids. So I know his writing, you know, but I, I didn't, I wouldn't say I had like an, a closely personal relationship with him. But one day he came to me and he's like, you know, I had a conversation with my parents this weekend that didn't go well. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, well, well, tell me about it. And he's like, oh, not now, but I want to come to you later. And, um, and so he came later and he's, and he just kind of put it on the table. He's like, you know, I think my parents hate me. Um, wow. and I was like, no, your parents don't hate you. You know, this is a great kid, athlete. Yeah. Um, reads every book in the world, keeps a really great writer's notebook. And I'm like, your parents don't hate you, man. Like, I, gosh, if you were my son, I'd be like the yeah. luckiest dude on the planet. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm pretty sure they hate me. Sure. Um, and, um, and, and in the way that Brooklyn kids are resilient, you know, he had a sense of humor about it. And then yeah. he went on to tell the story about how he was just like, you know, when I told them that I was gay, like they told me that they didn't want me to come back. They gave me a week. Um, wow. And so here's beautiful Earl in my classroom and he's got seven days left in his house, in his mind. And that must be terrifying for a seventh grader. And, um, and so immediately I'm like, we got to get you to a counselor. Like, I can't, like, I can hear this and I want to like, and I want to be yeah. there with you. So like, um, 
And unfortunately for me, like um, the counselor is not too far down the hall. So we walked together down um, and 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 he didn't feel like sharing with her. And I'm like, well, Earl, I'm going to tell her what you told me because we need to make sure that you're protected. We talked about it and the counselor was like, great, I know what to do. There's lots that we have in place for homeless youth. There's lots that we have in place for gay kids, you know. And so so she did her counselor thing. But the thing that kept nagging, even though like, you know, he would have a safe home and even though like the proper services were being activated and, you know, people were gathering resources for him. The thing that he kept coming back to with me is he's like, my dad still hates me. Yeah. You know, so even though I'm in a safe home, even though I have food to eat, even though like I'm wearing nice clothes, the man that I care about the most on yeah. this planet hates me. Yeah. And, and that's something that I can do. Yeah. Because as a literacy teacher, like I deal in love and I deal in hate and I deal in storytelling and I deal in redemption. Um, and so like we sat and I'm like, dude, what do you want me to do? Like, what can we do together? Um, and and I didn't know it at the time, but that was a really powerful question for Earl. Like Earl was like, no one's ever asked me like what I wanted to do and how like they could work for me. Yeah. I don't know if you can change my dad, but like, I want you to show him some of the cool things that I do. What, what is your action plan in that moment? Where are, do you, do you, do you feel you need to run out the door that second? Do you sit down and yeah. map this out with Earl? How did you approach you know, that? At the heart of teacher advocacy, I think the action plan is always listen to the kid. So like I tried to identify what he wanted and then what I could do to get him closer to that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the guidance counselor was already doing a lot. The principal was already doing a lot. And again, I'm the literacy teacher. So I'm like, you know, you want your dad to love you. And like, I can't move that mountain. Yeah. But like, again, he was just like, I think my dad will start to come around if he's reminded of all the cool things that I'm doing. And I'm like, that I can do. You've written hundreds of stories for me. That I can do. You've read tons of books. That I can do. Your essays are brilliant. You know, and so... So really, um, the action plan is to co-create. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as, as a reading teacher, as a writing teacher, I'm used to co-creation in small groups. I'm used to co-creation in conferences. I'm used to co-creation in my mini lessons. And so that we take what we already know and we just apply it to the human condition. Yeah. How did that go? You know, the thing about life is it's complicated. And, and I think it's important to say that, like, happy endings exist in movies. Mm-hmm. And life has really messy yeah. <laughs> endings. And so Earl and his dad are still in a complicated place. But I think um, the number one thing that it did for Earl is he saw that I was willing to fight for him. Yeah. And I think what's important, like, is that you engage in the fight, even if you lose. What message? I mean, I'm sure there's a teacher listening to this that is thinking, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Yeah. I don't know that I would want to step out of the classroom and I'm happy to speak with the student, happy to, to, to have that moment with them in the classroom, but to go beyond that and, and, and talk to the parents and try to step in in that advocacy yeah. role, yeah. what could you tell them to, to encourage them to take that step? So three big things have been really helpful for me. Um, a, organizations like the National PTA, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like um, amazing. They have tons of resources to support like gay and lesbian, you know, kids. They have tons of resources to support teachers who want to support kids. They have tons of resources to help you talk to parents. And so, um, so the PTA you know, they're amazing, you know, and so just knowing that, like, I am not the only one thinking Mm -hmm. about this. I think so many times when people come to us, like, it, it feels really like I am lonely. I am hearing this kid and I've got to carry this thing. And so even though I'm in a school with lots of other professionals in that moment, it feels like you're the only one. And, um, and so I'm certain teachers are listening to this podcast thinking that, but, um, 
but knowing that there are organizations, um, there are also tons of organizations, both locally and nationally, um, that that serve children, that deal with you know homelessness, that deal with yeah. depression, that deal with talking to your parents, and so like having local organizations has also been <clears throat> really helpful as well. The second thing that's been really um, big for me, and this is kind of a surprise, um, but working with guidance counselors to rehearse hard conversations. Um, you know, and, um, because I remember leaving, you know, after we talked with Earl and Earl went home, um, the guidance counselor kept me in the office and she was like, well, you know, you did a good job. Thank you, (laughs) Mr. Minor. But like next time something like that comes up, here are some things that you can do. Here are some things that you can say. And then we role played it. Oh, wow. Um, and so that you sit with your guidance counselor and we did it like 10 minutes. It wasn't even long, but that she was just like, you know, kids are going to say things. And because now they know you're safe, because Mm -hmm. like, you know, because Earl has had this conversation with you, these conversations will probably start happening more frequently to you because Mm -hmm. now the word is out that you're that person. And so knowing that I didn't have to be an expert, that there's a person in my building who can help me was a big thing. And so I know this sounds silly, but like I sit with the guidance counselor from time to time and I rehearse a conversation that like I need to have with a kid later on or that I rehearse a conversation I need to have with a parent yeah. later on. Um, and advocacy doesn't have to be something like Earl's situation. You know, like um, I had to think, you know, we just had parent-teacher conferences in New York City and, um, and I have a very assertive father. Um, and I had to figure out how am I going to tell this guy that his kid isn't doing well mm-hmm. um, because I want it to go well. I want the conversation to be a right. productive conversation. Um, and I don't want there to be anger and like, you know, and, and I'm sure there was, but like, um, and so I went to the guidance counselor and I'm like, you know, I'm about to speak um, to a dad and I'm not sure how he's going to take the news that his kid isn't doing well. So can we rehearse that conversation? And so the, the, another big thing for teachers who are thinking about doing more for children is practice. Yeah, And I know that sounds so, so silly, but, you know, I'm an athlete. And when I want to get good at soccer, I practice. When I want to get good at skateboarding, I practice. And so that's my default mode of learning. And so when I wanted to start having more meaningful conversations with children and families, um, I just sat in the guidance counselor's office and and practiced. Well, and and just to back that up a little Mm -hmm. bit, too, the more you practice, the more if you're uncomfortable with any of these conversations, be it an aggressive person that you're not quite sure how to talk to or having a conversation that maybe it might catch you off guard or you might not be quite prepared for the more you practice those conversations with someone yeah the the better more comfortable you are with it exactly exactly and so there's a couple of default conversations that i just keep in my mind like i have a conversation for like dealing with unkindness Mm -hmm. so if i'm ever surprised by unkindness like i know what to say because kids call each other names they you know they you know, talk about each other's like living conditions, you know, and like, and, and sometimes as a teacher, I feel like I'm surprised by unkindness. Yeah. And in the moment, I don't always know how to stand for a kid. And so I'm like, okay, kids call each other names that are unkind. Kids do things that are unkind. And I want to always be on top of that. Mm -hmm. And so let me go ahead and just like know what I'm going to say ahead of time. And so like, I have that in my back pocket. So when it happens now, I'm not uncomfortable or off guard, like, but I know how to kind of address directly, um, unkindness. And so that's a conversation, um, a conversation, like a welcoming conversation is another one that, that you rehearse, like kids tend to withdraw sometimes I'm a middle school teacher. And so you read the room sometimes and a kid is having a bad day and you don't always know what to say when the kid is having a bad day, you kind of go and you awkward 
outwardly want to cheer him up. You're like, be happy. <laughs> and, um, and I don't want to be that teacher. Yeah. So like I want to like, and so if I look across the room and somebody's having a bad day, I've already rehearsed that conversation. So, and, and recognizing that my job isn't to change your feeling because how you feel is how you feel. But yeah. my job is to announce my presence and let you know that again, I will fight for you. And so just practicing those conversations. Um, another conversation that I practice all the time is like, um, how to like bring you down. Yeah. Like if something happens that surprises a kid and the kid escalates quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. How to deescalate. Yeah. Yeah. But, but big takeaway is that, yeah, we, we play for a team. Yeah. There are guidance counselors in all of our schools who, who know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we utilize those folks, you know, and that we listen to kids. Right. That, that the, the chief architect of progress, the chief architect of happiness, the chief architect of, you know, the utopian future that I want for every kid mm-hmm. um, is the kid himself, the kid herself. Um, that that you know, so many times we think we know what's best, but like I don't know what's best for Earl. Yeah. Like Earl knows what's best for Earl, right. and that I listen to him and honor that is really really important. So I play for my team. I listen to the kid, and then I think that I <clears throat> remain flexible and willing to learn as a teacher. You know, and and accepting the reality that I'm going to do something wrong sometimes, mm-hmm. but the operative word is that I do something. Cornelius will be co-hosting the Good to Great Twitter chat, hashtag G to Great on Twitter, with his colleague Courtney Kidney on Thursday, May 4th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Courtney also advised us on areas of today's podcast. She recently co-founded a parent and educator advocacy network called The Journey Project. You can find links to her organization and many more resources for teachers and LGBT plus students on our blog. Some of those include groups like the National PTA, as Cornelius mentioned, as well as Teaching Tolerance, Gender Spectrum, LGBT Community Centers, and many more. We've also posted details on how to join Cornelius and Courtney for their Twitter chat next week. My thanks to Cornelius for his time today. You can follow Cornelius on Twitter as at Mr. Minor, and you will not be disappointed. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts and follow Heinemann on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, you can get a daily teacher tip right on your phone directly from Heinemann Authors by downloading the Heinemann Teacher Tip app. All this and more on Heinemann.com. Thanks for listening.